It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Baseball season, it comes and goes, but Crawford Bach just flows and flows. It's the Bach to drink any time of year. You don't need a reason because it's a dang good beer. You can rock the Bach at a music festival or rodeo, Shakespeare in the Park or Lowrider Car Show. It's the Bach for bonfires and happy hour, South Padre, even your next baby shower. So share a Crawford Bach anytime with your favorite gals and bros. And when baseball season comes back, let's go Strohs! This episode of AstroCast is brought to you by Carbach Brewing. Carbach Brewing. Greetings from Minute Maid Park, where today the Houston Astros will play their final home game of 2020, playing host to the Arizona Diamondbacks. Rubber game of this three-game series. Astros even up the series with a 3-2 win yesterday. Jose Altuve won for four with a double, drove in two runs, and scored another as the Astros' bullpen threw five hitless innings, not allowing a run. Astros have won two of their last three. Diamondbacks have dropped two of their last three. Astros with a 26-26 and 26 record, second in the AOS, seven games behind Oakland, and three games ahead of the Mariners for a playoff spot. The Diamondbacks with a record of 20-33, and 33, their last in the National League West, 18 games behind the Dodgers. Let's take a look at today's pitching matchup presented by Houston Methodist. Houston Methodist is proud to be the official health care provider for the Houston Astros. Houston Methodist leading medicine. Jose Urquidy on the mound for the Astros today, and he has been outstanding in his three starts since coming off the injured list. You know, he's kind of like a chameleon out there. He can pitch to a lot of different types of game plans because he has such good command of a lot of different pitches. So, you know, he can go out there and say if somebody struggles with uh, pitches elevated. He can go up there. He can do uh, the thing with his changeup, which has been a great pitch, especially against lefties. So uh, that's another thing. Righties and lefties, it really doesn't matter with Orkiti. So you love the fact that he can pitch to a lot of different styles. Meanwhile, Madison Bumgarner on the mound, and usually that has you quicken in your boots when you have to face him. But yeah. an 8.53 ERA this year, he's had three starts in which he's allowed at least six runs. Wow, yeah, it's just unbelievable. And when you look at the, the numbers and you crunch them down, it's the cut fastball that's been getting obliterated this year. The, the OPS on his cut fastball is twice what it's been in the last couple of seasons. So uh, the Astros just looking for that meatball, that, that cut fastball that's out over the plate, which has been prevalent this year. Uh, hopefully they can take advantage of that and, and hit for some, some power. The Astros are looking for some power. Keys to the game presented by Honda. Visit your local Greater Houston Honda dealers for great deals in all models. Honda, the official sponsor of the Houston Astros. Only eight games left now. Yeah. This is the final home game of the year, and the Astros sitting in, in pretty good spot right now as far as postseason goes. But uh, obviously every win down the stretch here is, is really important. Yeah, and I think for more than anything, you just want to get that offense clicking. And remember, just a year ago, it was the Washington Nationals who got hot at the right time. And then they steamrolled all the way through the playoffs. So uh, they weren't really swinging the bat well with a couple of weeks left to go in the season. The Astros certainly have not. Uh, but they've got enough players. You look at the back of their baseball cards that uh, they've got enough to score five, six runs a game once they're really clicking. So hopefully that'll be the case. All right, coming up next, we'll hear from Astros General Manager James Click, but now this from your local station. What's even easier than hitting a home run into the Crawford boxes? Deep to left field, and you can kiss that goodbye. And it'll end 
Demetrius Crawford boxes. How about cracking open a delicious Crawford Bach? Carbox Crawford Bach pairs perfectly with peanuts, stadium dogs, and a good seventh inning stretch. Plus, a portion of the proceeds from each beer goes to the Astros Foundation to support community initiatives. So root, root, root for the Astros with a cold Crawford Bach this season. Welcome back. Robert Ford and Steve Sparks joined as we are every Sunday by Astros General Manager James Click before the Astros play the Arizona Diamondbacks this afternoon. And uh, eight games left in the season, including today, James, and obviously in a, a pretty good spot, three games up. Uh, for a playoff spot over Seattle, who you're going to see next, but but still some some work to do before uh, you can you can uh, I don't even I normally say pop champagne, but that's not really a thing this year, I guess. Yeah, and we need to just take care of our own business. We we need to you know not watch the scoreboard, not look behind us. If if we play the way that we're capable of playing and, and go out there and do what we got to do, we'll be fine. And and it would be nice to wrap it up on the earlier side so we could start lining things up and talking to guys about their roles uh, in that first series if we can get there. But, um, you know, the whole point is we just we got to take care of our own business. You start talking about taking care of business, and we've tried to put our finger on it, and I'm sure you've tried to put your finger on it. What's going on on the road? I mean, what's the difference? I mean, there's no fans. I mean, you, you just really can't quantify it, can you? Yeah, I, personally, I think it's my fault. I was on that last road trip. I don't know <laughs> if, if just being around. I mean, is it sticking around in the hotel all day? Is that part of it? I have honestly, I have no idea. Um, it's just one of those things, I think. And I don't want to spend too much time trying to break it down, yeah. trying to worry about it, because the fact of the matter is that we need to win in the state of California. If we don't win playing in the state of California, we are not going to get to the goals that we want to get to because yeah. of the way that the playoffs line up this year. So. Look, I, I would love to sit here and say, hey, that first series, it was 109 degrees and a doubleheader, and we got behind the eight ball, and then you get to San Francisco, and you can't breathe with the air quality, and, you know, you'd love to blame all those things, but both teams are playing in those right. situations. It's not like, you know, it's 80 degrees when the Angels are on the field yeah. and 109 when we're out there. So um, we're not too worried about it. We're not too caught up in it. It's obviously frustrating, but, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. You know, obviously not great news uh, yesterday with uh, the announcement that uh, Justin Verlander uh, is going to have Tommy John surgery. And uh, obviously knew this was a, you know, could could be within the realm of possibility when he initially got hurt. But, uh, you know, knowing that news now, like uh, what what what's kind of your thought process? I mean, uh, obviously 2021 uh, doesn't look good. And that's the, the last year of his contract with the Astros. Yeah, it changes the calculation on a lot of things. Obviously, yeah. we we had been working on you know this year. You know, what do we do this year? That's obviously what we've been figuring out for the past fifty-two games, uh, or I guess fifty-one since opening day, of of how to compete with without him. And mm-hmm. I think on on some level, in the back of our heads, we were probably all waiting for him to come back. You know, and 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 okay, you know, when JV gets here, then we're really going to hit go, and we're gonna we're gonna hit the accelerator. We don't have that luxury anymore. We're going to have to generate that urgency. We're going to have to generate that passion, that that emotion on our own. With regards to next year, yeah, it, um, it it's going to create a challenge. But we have a we have a talented group on the field. We have a talented group in the front office, and we are going to figure out a way to supplement this team without Justin Verlander on it to put it in a position it can be for a championship. Do you feel like you need another frontline starter to to pair with Grinky? Well, I mean, first of all, you can't go out and get a guy like Justin Verlander. You're just not going to replace him one-on-one. Um, what what we're going to have to do is the guys that are here are all going to have to step up a little bit, and the kids that are here are going to have to fill in in the back. And, you know, maybe it's a 
Maybe it's a Framber Valdez who, who takes another step forward. Maybe it's a Christian Javier. Maybe it's, you know, Jose Urquidy. I think we forget, like, how, how little experience in the majors Jose Urquidy has. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, all, all of these guys, obviously, Grinky, McCullers, as, as the veterans who have been out there and, and been through the wars are going to have to lead the way. But um, it's going to be a question of how good do we feel that group is, you know, supplemented by the guys that may be coming back, like Pruitt, and then you've got Luis Garcia. Like, we, we have options there. Yeah. Um, and then we have to take a look at the market and see, is it the responsible thing to do to go get somebody to, to frontline this thing or, or to help out? Or do we think there are other areas of the team that we should address and that the pitching may be able to carry us as it's currently constructed? You know, talking about the pitching, uh, you know, this week, a uh, couple of blows to the bullpen. Brad Peacock uh, went back on the injured list with, you know, the, the shoulder problem that he was on the aisle with uh, earlier this year. And, and Chris Davinsky uh, undergoing elbow surgery on, on Tuesday to remove a, a bone spur. And he had already been on, on the injured list. And, I mean, those are two guys, obviously, that coming into the year you're really hoping would be a big part of the back end of this Astros bullpen. Yeah, and you can't say enough about their, you know, want and their willingness to, to try to battle through and to pitch through pain. And it just got to be too much. Um, and I, I can't commend both of them enough for, for trying to get back out there. But, look, for better or for worse, we haven't had them in the bullpen for the best part, better part of the season. And so, and we're not going to going forward. So at least we have some practice of what the bullpen is going to look like without those guys. It would obviously be great to have them back. We, we were hoping to get them back. We were anticipating getting them back. But that's not the hand that we've been dealt. Do you think the uptick in injuries, in particular to pitchers this year, is due to the shortened summer camp? I really don't know. I, it's hard not to point to that uh-huh. and say that it's got something to do with it. But at the same time, the the idea that, that a short summer camp would lead to this many injuries, it just seems to be a little bit far-fetched to me. I think part of it, honestly, is is with the normal offseason, and you would know this, you know, you get through October, and then you can shut it down for a couple months. And then you start throwing in January, you start getting slowly going, and you know that by the time you hit February, this is where you're at. When you hit March, this is where you're at. And then and then end of March, early April, opening day, boom. What may have happened, and I'm totally speculating, what may have happened is that guys got ramped up, they got to the mid-March level, then they had to kind of pull back yep. to yep. this weird middle area where are we going to start or not? And I want everybody to try to remember like what those months were like when – there were negotiations. So and we, much uncertainty. So much uncertainty. We didn't, yep. you know, is the, it, what's going on with the virus? What's going on with the negotiations? When are we going to start up? What is that going to look like? What's the schedule going to be? And and asking pitchers in particular, I think, to hold themselves in that state of semi-readiness uh-huh. for months. It's tough. It's really tough. Yeah. And and maybe that had something to do with it, but but really we don't know. Joined by Astros general manager James Click, and uh, I've had the alternate site in Corpus Christi. Uh, all season and uh, the alternate sites have to be shut down here pretty soon. Uh, I know you you had said the other day that that Tuesday was the day that it was going to be shut down. Doesn't help. Obviously, there's a tropical storm moving toward Corpus Christi and and the Houston area as well. But uh, what is that going to look like now moving forward? Because you still have a few games left after Tuesday and then potentially postseason as well with in terms of having that taxi squad. Yeah, so Major League Baseball has expanded the taxi squads for the last week of the season and the postseason. Okay. So instead of having the five guys uh, that we have had up until this point, we will have 12. Okay. And so you're going to have a 28-man active roster, 12 guys on the taxi. That's the army that you're going to war with for the next, you know, the rest of the season wow. for the postseason. And so, you know, if we have 13 injuries, we're playing short. Like, this, is, these are the guys we got. So right. um, we are figuring out – 
what's going on with Corpus. When is it shutting down? It, you know, it's scheduled to shut down again, I believe, Tuesday. It might be earlier than that because this is 2020, and, of course, we have a tropical storm coming at it. So, right. um, you know, we will transition the guys that are not part of that 12-man taxi squad to a player development camp at West Palm Beach and try to get some reps in over there and, um, you know, see if we can get those guys some live instruction. You know, uh, yesterday, a long time and a really popular scout died, Gary Hughes, uh, in baseball. And it just made me start thinking, what's the adaptation of a lot of these scouts these days? This season's so weird, but uh, how have they adapted and what's going on with them? Yeah, I mean, losing Gary was tough. We lost Bart Braun uh, earlier mm-hmm. this year. He was a guy that I knew personally um, for years with the with the Tampa Bay Rays. And if, if you've been around baseball you have stories about Gary yep. and you have stories about mm-hmm. Bart and um, and they're hilarious and they are not appropriate for this radio show. <laughs> um, Maybe they are. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, scouting and every part of this game, player development, is constantly adapting. It is constantly, you know, not even just to the changes in the game this year, but just writ large, how, how the game is moving forward uh-huh. and how the game is changing. And, and so part of the appeal of having these player development camps um, at the spring training sites in Arizona and Florida is we will be able to do some in-person scouting. And there is some in-person scouting at, at amateur events. Um, so there have been opportunities to get out there in person. Um, but we're also having to learn how to do our jobs a little differently, all of us, and, and scouts included. And part of that is video scouting. Part of it is part of scouting also is just knowing the player. And knowing the player is knowing the people around them, knowing their teammates, knowing their coaches, knowing, you know, yeah. all that kind of stuff. And, and those networks and that trust uh, is something that, that these guys who've been around the game a long time have and, and is highly valuable when evaluating these players. You know, in that same vein, I think about, you know, when I started my broadcasting career in the minor leagues, and I think there's this stereotype of a lot of scouts just kind of being these curmudgeonly guys who aren't particularly friendly. And there are some like that. But I found for the most part, uh, scouts have, and, and Gary Hughes certainly was this way. I didn't know him well, but just from my interactions with him was, you know, they're usually generous with their time and, and with information, and they just love being around people who love the game. Have have you found that as well, especially when you were starting out in, in your baseball career? Yeah, I mean, look, you don't want to paint all scouts with the same brush, right? right? There, there, are, there are some that are you know, older and have been along around the game. There are some that are very young. There are some, I mean, they, they come from all walks of life, yeah. um, all ages, all backgrounds, not unlike a, a lot of different, you know, areas of this game. Coaches, um, same thing. So <clears throat> I have learned so much from just going to a ball game, sitting next to scouts and realizing that there are 12 people maybe in the scout section and they are watching 12 different ball games. And that's, that's what you need to have. That's the diversity of opinion, the diversity of viewpoint that you need to have if you are going to get a complete picture of, of what is going on on that, on that field. Um, so it's just that, that was eye-opening to me because I remember coming into this game thinking that I was going to blow the doors off of some things. And, yeah. and you just you, you can't – I mean, you want that out of it. Did you want people to come in and try to change things? But, you know, the, the ability of, of to sit down next to those guys and, and learn their perspective was invaluable to me and to a lot of people in this game. You have one pitcher on your team. To me, it looks like he could be a really good reliever, and he's proven to be a very good starter, Kristen Javier. I think you think you, you, you had one of those, and I, I'm sure you, you know you had one in Austin Pruitt uh, uh, coming into spring training, uh, somebody who could do both. And those guys don't come along very often, but makes Kristen Javier very valuable uh, throughout these years, whichever way you want to uh, configure your roster, because it looks like he can be good at both, right? 
Yeah. And he may be able to be good at both at the same time. Uh-huh. Um, he, he And this is what the playoffs will bring out a lot of times in, in your roster is, you know, you, you'll see, um, you know, Lance McCullers closing out games uh, in, in the postseason like right. he has. I mean, you know, Garrett Cole was obviously warming up in game seven. Teams start using pitchers not in a set role like an inning, but a set role in a game state of okay, a lot of guys is, can't can't do that. Yeah, no, no, I, it, it's it's not lost on any of us that there are some players who, if if they're starters, it takes them forty minutes to get ready. I mean, it is a yeah. routine, it is a process to to get ready. And then you look at you know guys like Enoli, who I think the other day got ready in like thirty seconds, <laughs> and um, you know the ability to do that is is something that you have to have when you're a reliever, and. So it's as much mental as it is physical. Just when that phone rings, does your heart rate spike? You know, and and, and do you do you get that adrenaline and, and you're able to come in and, and attack these hitters? And you know, I think that that Christian has shown that he has the ability to, to do that 40 minute routine and get out there on the, in the first inning. Or you know, can he get ready in a couple minutes and get out there in the in the late innings? Yeah, and having a guy like that, it's tremendous. Yep. And last question, James. Um, postseason obviously coming up. Schedule's a lot different this year, not just with the three-game wild card round, but also no off days during the division series and the, the league championship series. Uh, number one, did that kind of catch you off guard? And, and number two, how much of a, of a change will that be for the way? I mean, you talk about using guys uh, going from starting and relieving. It didn't really catch us off guard. I, I, when, when we knew that there was going to be a best-of-three first round, if you do the math, knowing that they want the World Series to be on the same dates, it, it becomes pretty obvious what, what we have to do from a scheduling perspective. So, no, it didn't catch us off guard. Our goal is to create as many off days in the postseason as possible by just winning as quickly as possible yeah. and then not having to play games four and five or games five, six, and seven. Now, obviously, you know, that's not a realistic goal, but um, it will it will test everyone's pitching depth. And... You know, sometimes you you get in the playoffs in a normal season, and you say, okay, the teams with the best one, two, three starters are at an advantage over the teams that may have best one through five. Right. I think we may actually be in a good position this year relative to some other teams because we have this depth, because we have guys like, you know, Christian Javier, like, you know, I mean, you don't even want to call anybody the fourth, fifth starters because it changes just week to week. um, The talent that these guys have to to step up. So. We'll see. Um, you know, hopefully we can create a few of those off days. But if we can't, I think we like our chances when we get to games four or five uh, against the other team's fourth and fifth starters. All right. Astros General Manager James Click, thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. We'll be back with more of Astro Launch right after this. This episode of AstroCast is brought to you by Carbock Brewing. Brent, do you know the... Uh you know y'all's rotation going forward from here? Yeah, it's uh, basically going to be obviously Urquidy today. Uh, we're basically going right now with the uh, with the four guys, including Javier, who pitched last night that you've seen the last few days. It's uh, I think McCullers opens up in Seattle, and then whoever you know, we, we follow that that routine: McCullers, uh, Valdez, uh, Greinke, uh, and then uh, last night starter uh, or not last night starter, but uh, you know our our big our big four plus Javier uh, to finish off the season. Nothing's changed from that. What was your uh, reaction to the Verlander news? And also, as someone who's had this surgery before, um, just I guess 
knowing him and um, just what do you think, do you think he'll be able to come back from this at age 39? And what do you think his outlook is after that? Well, you know, since I had the surgery, being the second person ever to have it, uh, the, uh, the protocols and everything, the rehab and everything has really improved a great deal. Uh, never would I ever uh, want anybody to have to go through it. It's not anytime you go into surgery, uh, there are risks involved. And uh, basically the rehab part of it is the most difficult. Uh, they've refined the techniques uh, uh, since my time, which was decades ago. Uh, but one thing about JV, you know, he is a very strong-willed guy. I don't think the rehab will affect him at all. I think uh, he wants to continue pitching. And if he, uh, when he gets this done, we'll see, the, you know, what the extent of the injury is involved once they go in there. Uh, but if anybody can come back from it, he can. Uh, I don't place any age limits on, on Justin Verlander and, uh, and his motivation to come back and pitch, pitch some more. Right, Dusty said yesterday that he thought that this team was built for the playoffs. How do you think the pitching staff is built for the playoffs at this point based on what you have and what you expect to happen if you're able to make the playoffs? Well, you know, any, any three-game series is, a, is, a, is somewhat of a crapshoot. Uh, a line drive caught here, a line drive hit here, a, a bloop that hits the chalk line changes the dynamics of, of a game and a series. I think uh, much like in 2017, if we can utilize a couple of our uh, starting pitchers that will, that will not start in the playoffs and put them in the bullpen, I think that's going to solidify us. And then we, we take the guys that, uh, that we have been pitching the high leverage games thus far that, right now, I think we'll be in decent shape in our bullpen. It's just a matter of us uh, making the correct decision uh, as to who to start in these games and, and who to be in the bullpen. But I think it's going to be – I think it, I, don't, I, I honestly believe – and I've said this before, I don't think many people really want us to get in. Uh, I think it would be, uh, uh, we could be a nightmare for some people if we get hot and, and some guys really start to come forward and, uh, and we're due right now. Which of those starters do you think are, are best, uh, best equipped maybe to, to move to the, the pen and help you out with the, you know, the stuff they have and, and the matchups and so forth? Well, obviously, an obvious one, the, probably the most resilient arm on the team is Framber Valdez which could neutralize both lefties and righties for us and give us another lefty in the bullpen, uh, which uh, depending on who we play, uh, but it really doesn't matter. Let's say we play Oakland with a very predominantly right-hand hitting team. Framber Valdez uh, uh, matches up well with them uh, and also, you know, helps us neutralize Olsen a little bit. Uh, but whatever team we face, I think Framber would be a good choice. I think uh, Javier is a good choice. Uh, particularly against uh, left-handed hitters. Uh, a lot of these times, the matchups depend on on pitch shapes and things like that. And so uh, a riding fastball by Javier could, uh, as you saw in the first inning last night especially, uh, could play. So it, it all depends on matchups and uh, and how we feel going forward. But, you know, first things first, we need to we need to try and secure a position in the playoffs. And it would be nice to do so prior, uh, once we get to Texas, so we can line things up for ourselves. In McCullers last start, he was a lot more curveball heavy than than recently, um, and it was really successful. Is that is that the roadmap going forward for him? And, and what was the difference in that pitch? Because it hasn't been that quality all year. Well, I think one of the things that happened is sometimes we get caught up in pitching, so to speak, uh, and trying to uh, manipulate the ball, throw cutters, throw changeups, uh, throw front door uh, fastballs front hip fastballs, things like that. And basically, Maldonado and I in the meeting, uh, both of us said, Lance, let's get back to basics. 
and uh, let's get what what got you good. And uh, and he threw 40 curveballs and 30 of them for strikes. I mean, that's uh, prescriptions for success right there. Uh, and uh, I hope it continues because he had a great feel for it. And uh, much like Framber uh, with his curveball, it, it, when you have a good curveball, it plays. I don't care who the hitter is. Uh, there's no such thing as a good, good curveball hitter. Coach, I know there was some thought that Verlander might come back. And do you feel like there might be a new renewed sense of urgency from your pitchers now knowing that this is what you have going forward? Quite frankly, I don't think so. I, uh, you know, he would, it would have been a bonus, but uh, there was never a I, – I don't remember the discussion saying, boy, we really need him back. Uh, as much as we would love to have him, uh, we would love to have a healthy JV. Uh, and, uh, and, and as much as he brings to the table both on and off the field, I think uh, the group that we have right now uh, was not really planning uh, on it happening. A lot of the, there was a lot of noise out there on, on Twitter and a lot of noise in the media about this. And uh, uh, the fact that we finally came to a, uh, a, uh, a tipping point, I think uh, really didn't, uh, it didn't cause any alarm or cause any uh, consternation or anything like that. So uh, I think we're ready to go with what we have and uh, I feel confident in them. Keeping in mind that there's still a week left in the regular season, can you assess which pitchers have made the most progress this year and to what degree you are particularly uh, enthused about the fact that things that you've done have worked for a particular pitcher this year? Well, well with all the young guys, a lot of credit goes to our minor league people that have gotten them ready up to this point. Uh, the Javier thing, I think he had, had, for a while there, he could be a, have been considered our best starter for a while. Uh, great poise, uh, did a great job there. Um, the uh, young kids, Paredes, for example, I think uh, uh, would generate a lot of interest by a lot of teams. I think he's a special arm and a special young man who really enjoys playing the game. Um, I think those two obviously did, a, did really well. And then the emergence of uh, Taylor, for example, in the trade, uh, he, he's kind of opened up. And I don't want to – one thing I want to recommend is uh, Israeli, for example. This was a guy – that was uh, perhaps not highly thought of by other people, went to Korea for five years, learned how to throw a particular pitch to uh, get hitters out in that league, and it's played exceptionally well in this league, and, and I have great faith, faith in, uh, in Rayleigh. So there's a, there's a number of guys that uh, have been very good. I've been pleased with the Framber Valdez uh, control issue. I mean, this is obviously uh, – uh, I look up there, and I'm shocked when I see 16 walks in 50-plus innings or 60-plus innings with about almost a strikeout in inning. So a lot of positives from this year. I think it bodes well for the future for this organization. How would you assess uh, Ryan Presley's season? It seems like he's, he's been a little inconsistent and the fastball's getting hit a little bit more than usual. Why do you, why do you think that is? Well, I, I don't think it's been the fastballs that have been getting hit. I think it's been some misplaced breaking balls. And uh, there's been an element of uh, soft contact that has hurt him. And obviously when you're the closer, the small sample size – uh, really becomes exaggerated, um, but uh, great faith in Presley. This is an all-star pitcher for me. Uh, he's overcome some injuries with the lower half, his knee in particular, and uh, I feel very confident. I thought last night was a big step forward. Josh Miller has worked extremely hard with Press on uh, posture and some different things, and Press took to it. So um, I feel very confident in Ryan Presley. I, one thing that was commendable last night, if you watch the game, Escobar, Three fastballs. When's the last time you ever saw Presley throw three fastballs in a row to somebody and strike them out? So I, I think, uh, you know, changing the, the approach and his health being better uh, and an element of good luck will, uh, will bode well for Presley going forward. 
What, do, what have you thought of Arcadis so far since he's come back? Special. Special. This guy, uh, I love working with this guy. He uh, spins the ball exceptionally well. Great feel. Uh, this is a young man, I think, that has a very, very bright future. I often often hearken back to uh, a young Arcidi and a young Tucker. And uh, to, to Jeff Lunau's credit, he saw the same stuff, and he didn't want to get rid of those two guys. And uh, it's going to pay dividends for this organization going forward. Both young men, uh, uh, exceptional athletes, good people. And uh, it's going to be fun for, for people to watch these two grow. I think Urquidy can be a, uh, a top-of-the-rotation uh, starter for a number of years, uh, health, uh, health being the issue. Do you think that baseball will look at, at pitching differently uh, after this season when there have been so many injuries? Uh, I'm not sure if that's just a function of the way this season unfolded or if there's something that maybe has come forward this year that we'll bear looking at over the next few years. Yeah, I think the injury rate is extremely high. You know, when you, when you start and then you stop and then you start again and, uh, and you're, you're placing a lot of stress on soft tissue and things like that. But understand a lot of these injuries uh, are uh, mechanically uh, induced and sometimes it just happens. Uh, I laugh, uh, you know, when people, I, I look at Twitter and I see uh, Justin Verlander going down and, and people blaming Dusty Baker. I mean, that's a joke. Um, and, uh, and they assign a certain reason why these injuries occur. It could be workloads from previous uh, years. It could be a mechanical flaw. It could be uh, any number of things. Uh, but we as an organization here, especially with our bullpen, have been very, very careful with these young kids. If you've noticed, I think we're probably the only team in baseball that has not had a reliever pitch three days in a row. And we've, we've monitored that much to the time where it may have cost us a game or two, but our young pitcher's health is, is very, very important. And uh, you're not going to see a Paredes throw three days in a row. You're not going to see a young Garcia pitch uh, without some rest. So uh, we've been very careful with that. Uh, when we get into the playoffs and we can bolster our, our bullpen with some starters, uh, then we'll, we'll see it'll be a kind of a different uh, sprint to the finish. Would you, one more question. Would you use relievers three days in a row in the playoffs? Uh, that would be uh, to be decided depending on workload. I think, I think when you get to that point, um, you know, Randy, I, somebody told me the other day, I remember Randy Johnson pitching a complete game in game six and, and closing out game seven in the uh, Diamondbacks win over the, over the Yankees. And, uh, you know, the old adage, you have all winter to rest. We will uh, take that into consideration and, uh, and, and see where we're at in, in terms of the health. But we monitor their health every day. Jeremiah does a great job. His staff does a great job. And, and uh, we get to that point, if, uh, if we need a Rayleigh to come in and, and get a, a left-handed hitter out in a, in a crucial situation, then it may happen. We'll have to wait and see. All right. Thank you, Stromy. Okay, guys. I'll have a good day. Too. Go, Cel go Celtics. <laughs> hey, All right, sir. Hey, Dusty. Yeah, okay, broke my damn mask. These masks. Hello? Any questions for Dusty? Okay, it's, well, uh, no questions. Time to go. Anything uh, Anything weird with your lineup today? Haven't seen it yet. No, why it got to be weird? I don't know. Maybe you got, like, Maldonado leading off or something. I thought about that. Let's put it in a hat. No. Garneau's playing today. Straw's playing today. Um, Yuli's back in there. Reddick's off. Maldi's off. How do you think Maldonado's handled this workload nine, nine games in a row? Well, when there's some days in between, when there are a couple of days in between, 
Oh, yeah. I don't know. I'd have to look at my calendar. I'm not sure. Friday and Monday, bro. Yeah, Friday and Monday. So it wasn't no nine days in a row. It was nine games in a row. But, hey, man, that's that's what frontline catchers do. I mean, you 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 handle it down the stretch, you know. And, I mean, it's not like we're playing 162 games, you know. But when the season started, he told me that he wanted to catch all 60 of them. I knew that was that was jive because <laughs> that's what they say, but that ain't, <laughs> you know, like that's not what they do because they're walking them a day off, so. You know, he's handling well, you know. I mean, his job is the – he's doing his job, you know. But I got to get Garneau some work too, you know. I mean, that's what's hard during the 60-game season is, you know, how do you get um, uh, like Diaz and, and Straw, Garneau, and, you know, uh, Toro had a lot of work early, a lot of work. and, and But still try to get them sharp, win games. And when you only have 60 of them total, it, excuse me, and it try to get out two bases he was hurt, uh, back shark, and they'd get Bregman back shark, you know, uh, and, and still keep other guys sharp. I mean, that's what happens during a 60-game season when guys get hurt and then you're trying to get to the playoffs. Every game's, every game's a road game after today. Uh, the record this year has not been great on the road. Is that and terrible? Do you are there any consistencies in that, or is it just the same consistency that you've been dealing with at home and you've just dealt no. with at home? No, I mean you know we gotta we gotta no it's 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 different. It's been different period on the road. You know I mean we've been facing some good teams on the road. The West I told everybody was the best division in baseball. <laughs> And, and and the West hadn't been good to us at all. Um, been horrible. California's been horrible, my state. And uh, secondly, you know, we lost a bunch of close games on the road, a bunch of them. Um, and uh, so uh, on the road, especially early, it was just different. It was it was weird, as <clears throat> as Brian would say. Um, because you, you know, you couldn't get together. That's where teams come together on the road, whether it's in a bar, the restaurant, the coffee shop, in somebody's room, and, and and we weren't allowed to do that at all. You know, you're not allowed to see family members. We all have family members all across the country that we look forward to seeing. You're not a, you know, like my daughter's in Oakland, my homeboys are in San Francisco and L.A. My uncle's favorite uncle's in San Diego. You're not allowed, to, you know, to, you know, to see him. It's been different. I mean, this time it might be, you know, a little bit better because it's not as long the, the regular season. But then, when you get to the postseason in the bubble, um, the guys, some of the guys have their families with them, you know, which makes it better in some respects, but tougher in some in other respects when you have kids in the room and you're trying to get sleep and but you know you always want to be around your family so hopefully it's time to be better well you guys go on the road are you like packed for for weeks i mean you might be a long time out there if you guys yeah i know I, I mean i'm it could be 30 something days but i mean who has 30 pair of underwear <laughs> you know what i'm saying i count them up i got enough for you know 
15 different days and I either got to wash them in the shower or you're afraid to send them out to the laundry because sometimes you don't get your laundry back before you leave. And then they, then they, then they tell you they couldn't find it. That happened to me a couple of times. So I'm, I'm afraid to send them out. So I don't know what they're going to do, you know, about clean clothes and, and yeah, I mean, but what about your, what about your, your jeans and slacks? And they ain't washing my jeans. I'm, I mean, my slacks, you know what I mean? So, oh no, they'll, they'll come back looking like Pee Wee Herman, they'll put them in a the dryer. So, um, I mean, that's going to be the challenge, you know, is eating and, and laundry and stuff. Or if you run out of lotion or if you run out of, I mean, stuff that you take for granted that you just go to Walgreens or CVS to pick up or that we're not allowed to, you know, to go to. So it's a, it's, it's a challenge, but baseball is copying basketball, I think, and, and basketball's done a you know, a great job of, of continuing with the playoffs and staying in the bubble and baseball is doing the best they can and, and, and a great job so far. Dusty, uh, Brent Strom said that he believes not a lot of people want to see you guys get in the playoffs because y'all could be some nightmare for some people. If some guys get hot, yeah. some guys step forward. What do you think about that thought? Well, you know, he's echoing my thought, you know. Yeah, I think that – that's a distinct possibility if we can, you know, I mean, anybody who gets in the playoffs and plays and gets hot at the right time and, and everything goes right is dangerous, especially our club because they've, they've been there before. You know, some of these clubs haven't been there before, you know, and they can say whatever they want to say until you've been there before and know what the pressure's like. It's going to be different this year. It's going to be different this year because of, you know, no fans, you know, is it going to feel like the playoffs, you know, um, you know, that's to the advantage of those that haven't been there before. So we'll see. Dusty, after analyzing tape with Correa, what has, his the problem been in his, who you says know, I'm analyzing, our hitter who says, hitting singles? Who says I'm analyzing tape, Barry? Okay. I mean, I'm just telling you, I mean, we got other people to analyze tape, plus I, I can't do everything and I only got so much time. You know what I mean? So from because, what you see in the dugout. Because, see, I could be analyzing tape right now since I'm talking to you guys. <laughs> from what you've seen, Dusty, yeah. is it just a case of having a couple of games of success with more than singles? No, he's a, a matter of fact, I just came from the cage right now. I just came from the cage right now. And, and, and he was analyzing his swing. Personally, I, you know what I mean? And not enough, you know what I mean? Uh, because see, sometimes I think we overanalyze and then you're thinking while you're in the act of, of hitting and you can't do, you can't do both. You know what I mean? It, it's hard to do both. So, I mean, that's just my, my thought process. I mean, you know, you know, I'm an analytical guy too, but I, I just think in modern baseball, we do it far too much analyzing. Anything else for Dusty? 
You mentioned yesterday, Dusty, that uh, the team was built for the playoffs. Is that in terms of your 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 structure? Or is that just in terms of the way that you think that your players approach the game and the experience they bring into the game? Good question. I think it's a combination of the two. You know, um, um, yeah, that's just how I feel, how I believe. You know, now now they got some good teams in this in this in this playoff. I mean, I mean, you're looking around. You got Oakland, Minnesota, New York, Cleveland, Chicago, uh, Tampa. I mean, it ain't gonna be no easy road, you know. And you wish you were starting off the first series at home, but hey, this is. Uh, I, mean, I mean, you can't duck anybody. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to beat some some awfully good teams, you know, that aren't that aren't physically tired see that's the difference in these playoffs versus other playoffs I mean, you're facing some teams that are that are probably physically tired in september where now um nobody should be physically tired i can tell the way the catchers are throwing that that because the catchers are throwing better now than than any time during the course of the year because they haven't had foul tips they hadn't had 500 throws to second base in between innings, uh, you know, and so uh, you shouldn't be physically tired at this point. Hey, Jose, what do you want to see from the team over the, the last week as you get ready for the playoffs, just uh, considering, the you know, the way you guys have played the last couple of weeks, just uh, whether it's, you know, offensively or uh, uh, anything else, just, just what are you looking for as the one of the leaders on this team as you hit the playoffs? I think these uh, nine or eight uh, last games are good to start some momentum to get ready for playoff. The good thing about playoff is is that everybody starts from zero, and it's a new series, new uh, ballpark, new everything. So we have a, a chance to to create some good momentum. You know yourself better than any of us do. We, us in terms of how you've performed up to your expectations. How do you characterize what you've done this season and what remains to be done to get to the level where you would like to be as the playoffs approach? Well, uh, you know, obviously, uh, not as hasn't been easy, but like I said, these eight games can help me and help the team to to get to where we want to be to for for playoff in the end. You know, if we go out there and, and play really good, win as many as we can of these last games and then go to playoff and, and do good, a lot of good things are going to happen. Jose, what was it like for you when you heard the news that Justin would not be able to come back this year? Yeah, the, I mean, I don't feel happy at all. He He's a great uh, pitcher, great teammate. Uh, I hope he has a, a good recovery and his uh, good surgery too. But we have a faith in our guys here, and I know uh, we can go out there and, and play good. Jose, ¿cómo te sientes? Sabemos que Berlander no va a estar en el resto de la temporada, pero ahora pues José Altuve tiene que ser ese líder, no tan solo en el terreno, sino también en el camino eh, para lo que va a ser la postemporada y también la próxima temporada. ¿Cómo asumes ese rol ahora? Sabes, no estoy nada contento con lo que le está pasando a Justin. Él es un, un, un buen pitcher y un buen compañero en el clubhouse. Y creo que aquí tenemos más de un líder que, que nos ayudan en el, en el día a día y, y, y que ayuda a todo el equipo a, a, a estar donde queremos estar.
Anything else for Jose? Jose, Jose are you, uh, you guys are going on the road. For, you, you guys could be on the road for a month or so if you, if you keep winning. So uh, how, uh, how does that, uh, you know, affect your mindset, your last game here at Minute Maid for the season and then uh, being prepared to be gone so long? I think we have the right mindset. We want to stay in the road as long as we can. We want to win games. We want to go all the way through. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a little different this year, not playing not playing playoff games in a minute, mate. But like I said, we have to figure it out and go there and try to, whatever we play, try to win some games. Dusty talked about the difficulty and the team not being able to come together to a degree on the road as it has in past years. Has that been a, a, a problem, do you think, in, in terms of the, the team's record on the road this year? Yeah, we haven't, but uh, still have eight games left and uh, playoffs, so it's a good time to do it. Jose, a través de las redes sociales, muchos exjugadores y peloteros actualmente de Grandes Ligas se han unido al apoyo de Retire 21 para retirar el número de Roberto Clemente. ¿Algún mensaje o algunas palabras que quieras decir en cuanto a eso? Creo que no es un secreto para nadie lo que hizo el señor Roberto Clemente por el juego. Este, increíble, no solo dentro de, del terreno, sino fuera. Era una persona que le gustaba ayudar y, y creo que cuando hay que hablar de una persona como él, las palabras de verdad este, sobran porque todo el mundo sabe lo, lo grandioso que fue. Right, so this, 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 could be, this could be Yuli's last, uh, last home series, last home game. What has playing alongside him over these last few years meant to you in terms of personally, in terms of the team's performance? I hope we bring him back. That's the only thing I can say. He's, he's a great teammate, a great player, and I hope he can be part of the Astros for the, the coming years. Astrocast is poured for you by Carbach Brewing. Get highlights, interviews, the latest news surrounding MLB, and your Astros. Brought to you by Carbach Brewing. Looking up. See you later. Into the Landry's Crawford boxes. Subscribe to Astrocast. Expecting a great season with this Astros team. The official podcast on the Houston Astros. It's going to be a lot of fun the whole way.